But where are you really from? But where are you really from? Hi everyone, I'm Angela Lin, and I'm Jesse Lin, and welcome back to another episode of But Where Are You Really From? What we're talking about today is the modernization of cities, and whether or not this is always a good thing, and what may or may not get lost with modernization. So why did this come up? Ramon and I were in line for some popular restaurant in Tokyo, and there was this white dude that was in front of us, and it was such a long line that he started talking to us because it's like, we're bored, right? So it turns out he had lived, he had already been living in Japan for like five years. He lives and works here. Then I don't know how it really came up, but I eventually asked him like, oh, have you been to Taiwan? Because every time I talk to Japanese people, like actual Japanese people, right? Like born and raised Japanese people about Taiwan, they love Taiwan. Like it's always a very positive reaction. They're always like, oh, yes, like I've, I've been, or like, oh, I really want to go. And the people who have been are always like, oh, the food's so good. And like, everyone's so warm. And like, and when I say like, and there are like lots of similarities that I see between Japanese culture, Japanese people and Taiwanese culture and Jap Taiwanese people, and they always agree. They're like, yeah, yeah, totally. So I, I expected a similar response from this white dude. And instead, what he told me was, yeah, I've been once. It was okay. I feel like Taiwan is a 1975 Tokyo. And I was like, go fuck yourself. Like, I was so pissed when he said that. I was like, 1975? Like, who do you think you are? But then we got to Taiwan, right? And having just come from literally Tokyo and Kyoto with Ramon's family. It was fresh in my mind. We were driving in the taxi through Taipei and I'm just looking at the window and I'm like, you know, <laughs> I can see what he, I can see what he meant. And to be fair, I was like, 1975 is not really what I would say. I would say maybe, I don't know, 20 to 30. So like 90s or early 2000s Tokyo. I can, I can accept but I was like, fuck you, 1975. I'll admit there's a discrepancy, but not 1975. Taipei does definitely have a lot of older legacy architecture and buildings. And obviously we don't live there, so we don't know why it's like that. There are a number of reasons why it could be like that. I just think about New York City, for example. It's funny because people will go through like the village and they're like, oh, it's so quaint. Look at all these cute little old houses. But no one is like, this is like a 1800s, France. But there's a reason that it's like that and not like the rest of the city. And it's because there's a very strong NIMBY presence there. And it's a historical village. So you're not allowed to change up most of the architecture. So we don't know. We don't know why why things are set up like that. Um, but but the, the, yeah, you, you, you'll definitely go and you're like, oh, like this kind of apartment style building is like definitely like a, a lot older. Like you might have seen it in photos from the 70s or something similar like that. Yeah, and NIMBY for just to make sure everyone's on the same page. Not in my backyard. Correct. If you have been to places like Tokyo and Seoul, which I have been and spent a lot of time in the last several months, 
you will notice that there is this almost like futuristic level of modernization in those two cities, especially Seoul, actually, I would say is very interesting because think people usually think of Tokyo as like the most advanced, but I think Koreans are kind of taking it next level where they're just like skyrocketing their growth and modernization and globalization. And Seoul is a perfect example because it just feels like everywhere you go, everything's made out of an LED screen. Like everything is just like... Like, like so much like screen action and like videos playing everywhere and it's just like crisp and beautiful and like clean and you're just like is this like 2050 like I, I feel like it's like the future here and Tokyo has a lot of that as well but I guess the question is is that really a good thing is that something that we should be aspiring for is that something that every city in the world should aspire for because when I made this contrast of like, okay, I admit Taipei is like, can be seen as quite old compared to these like super futuristic places. I was trying to question it myself of like, is it good to lose everything that makes something unique? Because Tokyo is still unique, right? Like people flock to Tokyo because there is, even amidst this like very futuristic like space, there's very unique things like Harajuku style, like we just talked about with Gwen Stefani and whatever, but like there are things that make Tokyo unique on its own. But Seoul, I think, I feel a lot of their culture has like been pushed back in lieu of wanting to be modern. So you can only find, for example, like their old palaces or like an old preserved neighborhood where all the architecture is the same in like very specific parts of the city. And everywhere else is like super modern and they've like torn down the old stuff to put in new stuff. Versus Taipei is like there's old stuff everywhere and there's new stuff like interspersed. It's not that they're saying like we're never going to build new stuff because I did see like really beautiful super modern, like looks like San Francisco high rise buildings, but it was kind of like interspersed between these mom and pop, you know, the like rickety food stalls that are always going to be there. And it gave it this extra flavor, you know, like it felt more like, oh, I, I get what like Taiwanese people are like and their culture and the way they behave, because I can still see this more raw side of the city. Versus it's harder to see that in a city like Seoul or Tokyo, where they've tried to bring everything up to a certain level to the point where a lot of things are more similar, if that makes sense. I think this is there's this like constant tension and argument for what is culture and historical in a city and what we need to keep versus balancing the future needs of the city. And I think that when you're speeding towards the future, there's an idea of like the future is better. But I think future and culture are like completely separate things the way that I see it. Like New York has cultural neighborhoods and institutions, things that have been around there forever. But for me, futuristic doesn't necessarily mean like removal of those areas, but it just means that we're bringing the services that are available in the area up to speed. So what I mean by that is, why does New York still collect trash by throwing garbage on the street? It is unconscionable, like, why we do that. It makes no sense. But people in the village will be like, well, we don't want to build anything. It's historical. I'm like, it would be really neat if your trash would just go down a chute into, like, a central repository. That's so super futuristic. And, like, someone coming there would be like, oh, that's really neat. 
and it brings the neighborhood kind of like into a certain technological age, but doesn't demolish, I think, the culture part of it. And it, and so for me, the like future and culture are kind of like two different things, right? Future is like me coming to an area and be like, this is so convenient. There's free Wi-Fi here. I can throw the trash over there. Bathrooms over there. Like versus like culture is like I still want to appreciate like old architecture and like cultural institutions and things that have been like mainstays of New York City. Hey listeners, wondering how you can support us? The biggest way is by increasing our visibility by following us on Instagram at Where Are You From Pod, on TikTok at But Where Are You Really From, subscribing to our YouTube channel under But Where Are You Really From Podcast, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, and telling your friends. The more people we can get to listen to the show, the more we can continue spotlighting different perspectives and stories. And if you feel so inclined, we're also accepting donations at buymeacoffee.com/slash Where Are You From. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> The thing that was like the starkest contrast for me and what it would mean to quote unquote modernize it, but kind of keep the the core culture part of it is I always gravitate towards food, right? Back in especially the pandemic times when we were literally locked in, one of the main things I was doing was trying new recipes that were like Chinese or Taiwanese recipes. And I always felt more connected to our culture and felt like I was learning more about our culture through every dish that I was trying to learn. With Taiwan, night markets is always what I think about and the food that you can only have in the night markets. And I think it's a kind of a given that one of the main reasons people go to Taiwan and Taipei is for the night market food and that whole vibe. And so I think a lot of people flock there because they can't get that kind of environment in their home country because it's been kind of demolished. Like I think street food culture exists in every every culture, right? But whether or not it still exists is largely due to whatever the government has decided is like, you know, the the new level of expectation for largely like sanitation, probably, and also business licenses, business commercial licenses. So like Japan, it's very hard to find any street food. And it's because they've gotten rid of that as like a possibility for people to do. And that's why you, you'll see a lot of Japanese people in Taiwan and they like love the night market because it's something they can't get in their home country. So thinking about the modernization thing you were saying, like I could see a world in which night markets still exist, but they at least put it into a more like permanent structure. Because you know how night markets operate today is kind of like, they are these roll away <laughs> stalls and they just like don't exist during the daytime. And then they come out and come to life at night versus like having a permanent, let's say like warehouse type space that just has like a bunch of stalls. And yeah, maybe it doesn't operate during the day, but it's always there. And so those people can make sure they have the proper commercial licenses and like sanitation, whatever the new sanitation rules are or whatever. But when you when eight o'clock hits or whatever the time is, you know, if you enter that warehouse, it's going to be like popping in the same energy. I like I can, you know, vouch for that as like a good way to go forward while maintaining the culture, but not to the extent where you're just like, forget all food stalls. Like this is a backwards way of operating. Like everyone needs to have a standalone restaurant. Like I, I think that takes too much out of it. And this is where it's like the where the argument, I think, gets a little bit sticky between people because. Some people will be like, what require, what needs to be there to preserve that level of culture? And for me, like, 
I kind of like that it's a little nasty. Like it's part oh, yeah, of it's me part too. and parcel of the experience where <laughs> yeah. you're like, wow, this lady is dumping grease onto the street. It smells so good. Like, yes. But then like the modernization part for me, like when I think about it would be like every vendor takes like a card. Super easy. Doesn't really change the experience. Makes it really easy for you to pay. I don't need to bring cash. Every vendor has a little QR code. I scan it, health department thing comes up, ABC, whatever. Like really easy for me to decide if I feel safe eating the food. So it's like, it doesn't really change kind of the decisioning that you might make from choosing one vendor or another, right? Like you might look at a vendor and be like, oh, that looks nasty. Like you're, you're still thinking about like value, cost, safety, all those things. And the future is just making those things like easier for you to assess without changing the foundational like feeling of the place that you're in the way you brought up the word nasty for example is a great transition into the other thing we wanted to talk about which is who really defined what modernization means and why does it always to me feel like it's coming from a western context when I think of like Seoul for example Koreans are they definitely have their own culture but they love America and they love Western things. And so the, I think when they try to globalize, it often makes things feel more like you've now landed in some like American, like very futuristic American city, you know? And so I guess it's like, is modernization always good? And if so, why does it feel like it's always defined from a Western lens? Like you talked about the village being so cute, right? And people love the village because it seems like you just walked into some inspired by an old French or whatever city. How come no one looks at European cities that haven't updated their architecture in hundreds of years? And are like, oh, beautiful, like, oh, so charming. But when they see an Asian city that has buildings that are from like a couple hundred years ago, unless it's like a palace, right? Like something like very historical like that. They're like, ugh, old, need to like tear it down and replace it with something new. Like that's just something that's very weird to me is like what, who decided that like one of these old things was cool and one of the other old things is like lame and needs to get destroyed and made into like everything else. I think when I think about European cities, I still think of it as modern, even though the architecture is really old, because I don't necessarily think about the vibe of modern, if you will. Is is It's not for me skyscrapers and big architecture. The vibe for modern is the services aspect of it. Like, how easy is it for me to live here? If it's really easy for me to live there, I would consider it a modern city because it's a city that offers a level of living that is at the same level as I operate. But I do think there is this like, when you push towards this like future vision, it often is this very like glamorized, artificial intelligence, Steven Spielberg movie, like towers and stuff. And I find that so funny because when we were, ta we were talking about like culture and modernization and all that stuff. There's never a vision of future culture. It's just a vision of like what that thing looks like. But like, what is that culture that that thing represents? And I think that that's why you end up feeling a little soulless in some of the cities that pursue the vision of what the future is. But there's no culture behind it because it's like, what is that future vision represent? Like, it's not tangible in the, in the current state. So you just end up feeling like it's just another cookie cutter thing borrowed from somewhere. Mm, what a beautiful philosophical question to end on. 
viewers, listeners, what do you think? Do you think it's good to push towards modernization slash globalization at all costs, even if it leaves a city soulless and without its old culture that it used to have? Or do you have a proposition for how to maintain culture in these vibrant areas while bringing up the services or the infrastructure or whatever it may be, like Jesse mentioned? Let us know your opinion on what you think about all of this wherever you're watching this. Or if you're listening, hop on social media and talk to us there. And come back next week because we will have another fresh episode for you then. And until then, Zai Jin, bitches. bitches.